Now, broadcasting from behind enemy lines, deep in the trenches of the Patriot resistance, leading the charge in the battle for liberty, this is the Jason Veeley Program. Hello, Patriots, and welcome to the Jason Veeley Program. I want to thank you very, very much for tuning in with me here today. This is my first episode back after a two-year hiatus. Uh, I believe my last radio program, podcast, whatever you want to call it, was back in 2018. Um, but uh, but I uh, but I am back now, and I'm I'm very excited to be back. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. We do have an email address if you want to get in touch with me. That's the best way to do so. The Jason Veely Program at gmail.com. The Jason Veely Program at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a show number. If you give me one second here, I set up a uh, a Skype number. And what I'm going to do, it's actually pretty neat. I'm going to give my audience the opportunity to call this number and leave a message for me, a voicemail, um, which I will then uh, may or may not play on the air and respond to. I think it might be a neat way for, for me to interact with you guys uh, since I don't have the, the build or the equipment to take live calls on the air. This is the next best thing. Uh, that's Skype number. If you want to call and leave a message for the show, 860-266-2852. Again, it's 860-266-2852. Give that a call. Try it out. Um, we'll see how it works. But again, I think it's going to be a great way to interact with you guys in addition to uh, the the email address. Um, before I get into it here, I, I have a great show, a lot that I want to talk about. Um, but I do want to give a quick shout out to... The late Andrew Breitbart, um, who died nine years ago yesterday. Now, Andrew Breitbart um, was really peaking in his political career um, when I was first getting into politics. And unfortunately, I, I really didn't have a chance to fully appreciate Andrew Breitbart as, as he was still living. Um, but of course, as I got more into politics after his untimely death, I, I, uh, you know, found myself watching some video clips of him and reading more about him and just, um, appreciating what, what he did for the conservative movement. Um, Andrew Breitbart was a few different things. He was a patriot, uh, and he was a revolutionary. He was absolutely a revolutionary. I'll, I'll never forget this one clip I saw of Andrew Breitbart. Forgive me, I can't remember where he was uh, speaking, but he was giving a, a big speech or holding some kind of a rally. Um, I, I believe this was just a few months before his death. And um, in hindsight, I probably should have grabbed the audio for it, but if you're interested, you could probably find it yourself. While he was on stage, Andrew, Andrew Breitbart at this rally held up uh, his cell phone and asked everyone in the audience to do the same. He said, everyone take out your cell phones, hold them up. Now, again, nine years ago, this is kind of, you know, cell phones weren't as big as they are today, not nearly as popular as they are today. Um, but his point was that we now have the technology, the capability to be journalists ourselves. His point was that we are in many ways the new media because of this type of technology. We are the media. It was a revolutionary moment. He was ahead of his times. He absolutely was. His point was that we can expose the truth. We don't have to go through the filter of the liberal media. We have cell phones, we have technology, we have the capability now to get the truth out there ourselves. And and that to me, again, I, I wish I had the audio, but you could probably find it on YouTube. It was just a, a revolutionary moment. This guy was forward thinking, um, and he was conservative through and through. He was a fighter. 
He was absolutely a fighter. And may he rest in peace. And of course, on this nine-year anniversary, our prayers and thoughts are with, uh, are with his, uh, his family. He was absolutely a patriot. Let me tell you why I'm doing this show. I'm not going to spend the entire radio program talking about why I decided to get back into it right now or what my motivation was. Um, just a few minutes. I, I figured this would be a good way to start the first segment of my first radio show back. I, I want to give some background information here before I get on to other things. First of all, you should know, little disclaimer here, that I will not, will never, sugarcoat things. I have never been one to slap a happy face on things. Look, we'll have fun on this program. We'll joke around. We'll make fun of the left and their idiocy. I could do that all day long. But my point is, if you're looking for a podcast, a radio show, that's going to slap a happy face on things, that's going to say things are better than they really are, sprinkle some sugar on top of it, so to speak, then this is not the, the podcast for you. I'm sorry to say. I'm going to tell the truth on this program. I'm going to tell what's on my mind. And when things are dark in this country, when things aren't looking so good in this country, when I have true concerns for the future of, of America, I'm going to let you know. I'm not going to hold back. So again, if you're looking for a happy podcast that that sugarcoats things, um, th- this might not be for you. We have a lot of work to do if we want to restore this country, if we, want to, if we want to bring it back. And the only way we're going to do that is if we're honest with ourselves and we tell the truth. Again, we'll have fun. I'm not going to be a downer all the time. In fact, most of the time I won't be a downer. But I'm just saying that I'm not going to hold back when certain things need to be said. Okay, now that I made that disclaimer, let me be real with you. Let me be real with you. I think that this country right now is staring into the abyss. I think this country right now is not only approaching, but has come right up to the edge of a cliff. And we're now staring down very, very close to going over that cliff. The Democrats have become unleashed. They have become unleashed. I remember when I first got into radio, conservative commentary, I used to do a show on public access. When I first got into the the political scene, I remember that the Democrats were radical. But the difference then is that they tried to hide it. They tried to mask it. They weren't so open and blatant about it. The word socialism was a negative term. No one liked to be called a socialist when I started conservative commentary about nine or so years ago, ten years ago. Today, it's accepted. It's almost embraced. They make the case for socialism Openly and publicly. They tell us why socialism is the way to go. They tell us why radical leftism is the only choice for America. Of course, this is a, a false narrative. Couldn't be further from the truth, but th- this, is, this is the way they speak now, folks. They are open and transparent about who they are and what they want to do to this country. You can't say the same about the Democrat Party even 10 years ago. So they've become unleashed. And they're being led by Joe Biden. They're being led by Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden, 
um, in many respects, is an illegitimate president. I believe, and, and for those of you who follow me on my uh, on my other social media accounts, um, my TikTok, my Instagram, I, I've spoken about this before. I, I I think that this past election was absolutely stolen. It was replete with fraud. It was a scam. And I think the President of the United States reiterated this point very clearly uh, in his CPAC speech on Sunday night, um, which I'm going to be playing a little bit of later on in the program. But it absolutely was. It was stolen. It was a stolen election. And so now Joe Biden sits in the White House with Vice President Kamala Harris. And they're seeking to finish the fundamental transformation that Barack Obama started. I think that that's the end game, folks. Barack Obama started this fundamental transformation. Those were his words. Those were his words. The younger people in this audience might not remember, but before Barack Obama became president, just weeks before he was elected, he went on record as saying that we're just a few days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. That's their goal. That was his goal. And now Biden is taking it upon himself to finish what Obama started. Now, I've asked this question before. Transform America into what? Transform America into what? If you're going to talk about fundamentally transforming this country, don't you think it's important that we at least take a look at the roadmap that the Democrats are laying out for us? At least, you know, consider where we're going to end up once this fundamental transformation is over? I'll tell you what, folks, that place is a very, very dark place. It's an America that I don't want to to experience. I don't want my children to experience. That's the end game here. That's what we're fighting against. Look at what's going on right now in the country. Look at what's going on. Joe Biden threatening to blow the roof off the budget. Just for starters, you know, he has an entire radical agenda laid out, but hell, let's start with the budget. The spending on things like infrastructure, free tuition, you know, that's coming down the road. Biden threw this country back into the Paris Climate Accord. Dishing out money enslaving future generations and piles and piles of debt. Reparations, you know that's coming at some point. They're already starting to talk about it. How many trillions will that cost us? So the 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 economic side of things is is uh just the tip of the iceberg so to speak. And folks, this is, I want to emphasize, especially for you young people listening in the audience, how serious of a threat this is. Joe Biden, like Barack Obama, is going to blow up, blow out the budget. He's going to send the, the national debt through the roof on these massive socialist redistribution of wealth projects on things like I just mentioned, like uh, infrastructure and free this and free that programs that frankly, we can't afford right now programs that we don't need right now programs that will lead us to financial ruin. And you young people out there, when you grow up, you get older, you have kids one day, If these Democrats are able to get their way with 
this this massive spending, this economic ruin, you and your kids and your grandkids are going to be feeling the effects of it. Through massive inflation, massive taxes. It's coming, folks. I'm telling you, there's, there, there's no way to avoid it. Given the plan that the Democrats have laid out. It doesn't take an economic scholar to figure it out. You look at the Constitution. Being shredded before our very eyes. Do we even have a First Amendment anymore? Do we even have a First Amendment anymore? I don't know. Why don't you ask the fine folks who work at Parler? Why don't you ask the the, the thousands upon thousands of patriotic Americans who have seen their social media accounts shut down for daring to speak out in support of President Trump, daring to speak out against the fraud that happened in this past election, daring to speak out against Joe Biden and his ilk. Why don't you ask them if the First Amendment is dead or if it's, at a minimum, severely under attack? You know, in the next couple of weeks, the Biden administration is planning on on rolling out uh, a controversial bill. That's the word that they're using, but it's that that's an understatement if you ask me. That attacks the Second Amendment, rolls out sweeping new gun control uh, legislation. They're planning on doing that in the next two weeks. So don't tell me that the Second Amendment isn't under attack either. I, I mean, I could go on and on and on. The fact of the matter is the Constitution as it stands right now stands in the way of the liberals getting to the America that they want to get to. It stands in the way of them completing their fundamental transformation. And so in their eyes, it it, it must be shredded. It must be destroyed. This is no accident, folks. This assault on the First Amendment, this assault on religious freedom in many uh, instances, this assault on states' rights, on the Second Amendment, and so on and so forth. It's no accident. They are intentionally subverting the United States Constitution because it's a threat to them, because it's an obstacle to them. You look at schools. What the hell are are, our kids being taught in schools today? What are they being taught? Not Americanism. Not the true history of this country. Not to respect our founding. Not to respect the Constitution. They're being taught things like critical race theory. They're being taught that they have white privilege. They're being taught that there's 5,245 genders. And then, of course, there's the media. The media. Which I think, in many, in, in, in many ways, is the single biggest problem we have right now in this country. You can make the case that the electoral system and the fraud that goes on there is equally as pressing uh, pressing of an issue but folks we we have a media right now that is as Donald Trump said many times the enemy of the people the enemy of the people do you know why it's the enemy of the people because they intentionally lie to the people How can you be on the people's side if you're lying to them about what's going on in the country? The media right now, and I'm sure I'll get more into this in in future uh, broadcasts, 
The media right now is in the in the Democrat Party's back pocket. The media is an appendage of the Democrat Party. They're helping to advance liberalism. That's that's why many of these networks exist. Their existence boils down to advancing liberalism. And destroying conservatism. I tell you what, folks, we need to push back. That's why I'm behind this microphone again. Because it's time to push back. You know, I I have absolutely no tolerance for bullies. I never have. Growing up, you know, I, I, I learned from a young age... That when someone pushes you, you push them back twice as hard. And that's what I think we need to do. I think the time for sitting down with the Democrat Party and discussing politics over a cup of tea is long gone. Now that might seem kind of cynical. But it's the truth. This is the reality. This is reality. We have a grave threat that we are facing. That is liberalism. It is a cancer spreading through this country. And we need to fight it at all costs. And so I take my I take my spot behind this microphone. Because we need to fight. I'll be right back. This is the Jason Veely program. Conservatives, how many times have you been called a racist by someone on the left? What about sexist, bigoted, homophobic, xenophobic, right-wing, radical extremist? These are all buzzwords that liberals use as a means of labeling conservatives as something that they're not. And let me tell you something. I, like most of you, am getting pretty damn sick of it. That's why I started my own conservative comedy series, Living with a Liberal. Hosted on the popular video-sharing app TikTok, Living with a Liberal features two fictional characters, played by yours truly, whose political differences could not be more obvious. It's a comedic take on the modern-day liberal Democrat, because if they can brand us as racists and bigots, we can brand them as triggered, oversensitive snowflakes. Check out Living with a Liberal today on TikTok. Just search Jason Veely and you'll be taken right to my homepage. I have over 100 episodes on there, so you won't be short on content anytime soon. Enjoy. Are you a pissed off liberal that wants to give me a piece of your mind? Or maybe you're a conservative that simply has a question or comment. Either way, you should know that there's a few different ways you can reach me. Feel free to send me an email at thejasonveelyprogram at gmail.com. Or if you prefer, you can also call the show number and leave me a voicemail. 860-266-2852. Be sure to provide your name and where you're writing or calling from. Thanks a lot. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. Jason Veely here. So CPAC wrapped up on Sunday night, CPAC 2021. Now, if you guys have never been to CPAC... You've, you you got to go. You got to go. It's worth every penny that you will pay to get there. It's worth it. I mean, I, I went... What year was it? I think... It, I believe it was 2016 that I went. Um, And at that point, I was obviously heavily into, into uh, political talk radio. Um, that was also the election year. Um, so things were really, really heating up. There was a lot of passion, a lot of passion. 
And I mean, you go to this conference and just being able to be in the same building with thousands of individuals who think exactly like you think, who are just as passionate as you are about restoring this country and defeating the forces of liberalism. It's an incredible thing. It is an incredible thing. I mean, it was, it was just, it was, it was, I believe I was there for about three days, I think. I, I can't, truly, I can't remember how long I was there. I, I believe it was three days, but regardless, I enjoyed every minute of it. Every minute of it. And you leave there when it's all, all done. You leave CPAC just feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling inspired. Feeling energized. Ready to fight for the country. Again, I can't recommend it enough. If if you've never been to CPAC, you need to go. Hell, even if you've been to CPAC, go again. Go again. I certainly intend to at some point. But anyway... On Sunday night, Donald Trump wrapped up CPAC 2021, making his, I believe it was his first uh, speech since leaving the White House. And boy, was it needed. Boy, was it needed. I want to play a few audio clips uh, of Trump speaking. And then we'll uh, not really dissect them, but we'll, we'll respond to them and I'll give you my thoughts. Here's Donald Trump first attacking Joe Biden's first month in office. Take a listen. Joe Biden has had the most disastrous first month of any president in modern history. That's true. Already the Biden administration has proven that they are anti-jobs, anti-family, anti-borders, anti-energy, anti-women, and anti-science. So basically everything we stand for. In just one short month, we have gone from America first to America last. And that's a sad truth, isn't it? But it is the truth. We went from America first to America last. In many ways, even though Joe Biden's only been in office for one month, I, I, I can't help but compare this man to Barack Obama. Because Barack Obama had the same exact philosophy. I can already tell you exactly what the next four years are going to look like under Joe Biden. Because I was heavily involved in politics for eight years under Barack Obama. We're we're now America last. We're going to see Joe Biden, mark my words, as Barack Obama did multiple times throughout his presidency, apologizing for this country overseas. We're going to see Joe Biden, in many ways, snubbing the military. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Because Joe Biden, like Barack Obama believes that when it comes to America's position on the global stage, we need to be taken down a few notches. That is to say, rise up other countries, like Iran, for whatever reason, the liberals and Joe Biden have some kind of weird fascination with Iran, and Russia, by the way, I mean, the list goes on and on, And while they're rising up these countries, propping them up financially or or socially or what have you, they're knocking America down. It's America last. It's America last. Now, I wanted to play this clip, too, also from uh, this CPAC speech. Donald Trump is about the only man that I can think of that would have, pardon my French, the balls... To call out the establishment Republicans by name. But that's exactly what the man did. And I applaud him for it. Take a listen. The Democrats don't have grandstanders like Mitt Romney, Little Ben Sass, Richard Burr, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, 
Lisa Murkowski, Pat Toomey. And in the House, Tom Rice, South Carolina, Adam Kinzinger. These people are Dan good for House, Anthony Gonzalez, that's another beauty. Fred Upton, Jamie Herrera Butler, Peter Meyer, John Katko, David Valadeo, and of course the warmonger, a person that loves seeing our troops fighting. Liz Cheney, how about that? Do you hear this? Do you, do you hear this crowd? I mean, how can you not, right? That's why I love CPAC, folks, because it's not just Republicans. It's it's Republicans who are conservative, and Republicans who detest the establishment. This audience can't stand the likes of people like Liz Cheney and Murkowski. And all the rest. Can't stand them. And that's the way it should be. Because these Republicans are not Republicans. Every damn chance they get. They sell us out. They stab us in the back. They side with the Democrats. You know the Mitt Romneys. The Flakes. And so on and so forth. They should be called out. It's about damn time. And I'm very, very glad to, to hear that so many con- uh, conservatives, at least those who attended CPAC, agree that these Republicans are big problems. Extremely problematic for the future of the Republican Party. I'll get more into that in just a few minutes. I want to play another clip. Donald Trump saying that we need to restore election integrity. We need to restore election integrity. You know, I watched his entire speech live. It was a great speech, by the way. It ran about an hour and a half. And, uh, you know, for the first 45 or so minutes, I was just sitting there. I was enjoying the speech, but I was saying, Mr. President, please touch upon the need to restore election integrity. And then he finally did, and I celebrated. I was quite happy that he that he uh, brought this up, because it needs to be brought up. Listen. Another one of the most urgent issues facing the Republican Party is that of ensuring fair, honest, and secure elections. That's such right. a disgrace, such a disgrace. Such a disgrace. We must pass comprehensive election reforms, and we must do it now. The Democrats used the China virus as an excuse to change all of the election rules without the approval of their state legislatures, making it, therefore, illegal. It had That's a right. massive impact on the election. Again, you have to go to the legislatures to get these approvals. This alone would have easily changed the outcome of the election at levels that you wouldn't have even believed. Even with COVID, even with all of the things, the numbers are staggering. We can never let this or other abuses of the 2020 election be repeated or happen again. can never let that happen again. We can't, ha- we can't let it happen again, because if it does happen again... And again and again and again, Republicans can't win. If the game is constantly rigged against us, we can't win. And so this needs to be addressed. But Trump didn't stop there. He went on to uh, to outline exactly what needs to be done in order to address this issue. And I couldn't agree with him more. Most of what he says here is just common sense. In this clip I'm about to play, it's just common sense. Common sense steps that, quite frankly, everyone in this country, regardless of what side of the political aisle you're on, should agree with. It shouldn't be a political issue. Restoring election integrity isn't a partisan issue. 
but the liberals are making it a partisan issue. Listen to this. Today I want to outline the steps that we must take to have an election system in this country that is honest, fair, and accurate. We need one election day, not 45, 30. One day, like it's been. What a concept. And if Republicans don't get this and the other things I'm going to say, then you should, like the Supreme Court, be ashamed of yourselves. One day, one day, and the only people that should be allowed to vote by mail are people that can be proven to be either very sick or out of the country or military where they can't do it. One day, they have millions and millions of ballots sitting around all over the place for long periods of time. Gee, I wonder what happens with those ballots. Yeah, and it invites fraud. It's common sense. It's a disgrace. It is. It's an absolute disgrace. There should be a legitimate reason for someone to vote absentee. Has to have a reason. We should eliminate the insanity of mass and very corrupt mail-in voting. We must have... Voter ID. Voter ID. Again, what a concept. What a concept. Voter ID should not be a partisan issue, folks. You need an ID to get on an airplane. You need an ID to buy booze. But the Democrats don't want you to need an ID to vote. What kind of sense does that make? Let me play this last clip from Trump's speech. I chose this one. This is um, this is how Donald Trump concluded his speech. Um, I just thought this was incredibly inspiring, very uplifting, and I want you to hear it in case you haven't already. Take a listen. With the talent and dedication of everyone here today, and you have tremendous, not only dedication, tremendous talent in this room. I know many of you. That is exactly what we will do. We will go on to victory. We will summon the spirit of generations of American patriots before us, like those heroes who crossed the Delaware, conquered the Rockies, stormed the beaches, won the battles, and tamed the unknown frontiers. We will persist, and we will prevail. We're tougher than they are. We're stronger than they are. Together in the coming years, we will carry forward the torch of American liberty. We will lead the conservative movement and the Republican Party back to a totally conclusive victory. And we've had tremendous victories. Don't ever forget it. With your help, we will take back the House. We will win the Senate. And then a Republican president will make a triumphant return to the White House. And I wonder who that will be. Trump 2024, baby. I wonder who that will be. I wonder who that will be, he says. I love it. Who, who, who will that be? I wonder. This crowd loves him. America loves him. Standing before you today, I am supremely confident that for our movement... For our party and for our country, our brightest days are just ahead. And that together we will make America prouder, freer, stronger, and greater than it ever has been before. Thank you, CPAC. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you all. Thank you. I want to make something very, very clear. And I'm going to say something that... Not everyone will agree with. In fact, this thing I'm about to say will be... It'll make liberal heads explode. Let's just say that. But the the truth is... That Trumpism is the future of the Republican Party. Trumpism is the future of the Republican Party. Now, Trumpism, to put it as simply as I possibly can, is conservatism. They are essentially one in the same. This is the future of the Republican Party. It has to be. Because if it's not, if we revert back 
to the days of the establishment Republicans, to the days of the Mitt Romneys and the George Bushes, of the John McCains, of these old, tired, weak-kneed Republicans who don't know how to fight, who are more interested in talking with the Democrats and listening to them and hearing them out than they are in defeating this plague that is progressivism. We'll never restore this country. If we go back to those days, we're finished. So the future of our party has to be defined by Trumpism. It has to be defined by conservative principles, constitutionalism, the ideas and the the, the basic tenets that our, our forefathers set forth for us, and the rule of law. We have to fight. We have to be a party of fighters, of warriors. Because if not, all is lost. If not, all is lost. All right, folks, I'm going to take a quick break. Back in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. Conservatives, how many times have you been called a racist by someone on the left? What about sexist, bigoted, homophobic, xenophobic, right-wing radical extremist? These are all buzzwords that liberals use as a means of labeling conservatives as something that they're not. And let me tell you something, I, like most of you, am getting pretty damn sick of it. That's why I started my own conservative comedy series, Living with a Liberal. Hosted on the popular video sharing app TikTok, Living with a Liberal features two fictional characters, played by yours truly, whose political differences could not be more obvious. It's a comedic take on the modern-day liberal Democrat, because if they can brand us as racists and bigots, we can brand them as triggered, oversensitive snowflakes. Check out Living with a Liberal today on TikTok. Just search Jason Veely and you'll be taken right to my homepage. I have over 100 episodes on there, so you won't be short on content anytime soon. Enjoy. Are you a pissed off liberal that wants to give me a piece of your mind? Or maybe you're a conservative that simply has a question or comment. Either way, you should know that there's a few different ways you can reach me. Feel free to send me an email at thejasonveelyprogram at gmail.com. Or if you prefer, you can also call the show number and leave me a voicemail. 860-266-2852. Be sure to provide your name and where you're writing or calling from. Thanks a lot. I look forward to hearing from you. Is there anyone more annoying in the political scene today than Alyssa Milano? There's not many people. Of course, there are some. Nancy Pelosi comes to mind. Ayak comes to mind. But, but uh, Alyssa Milano, Jesus, Alyssa Milano, can't say her name without having a mini heart attack. Um, she's a nut. She's a nut, folks. She, let me let me tell you what she did. After CPAC, or this might have been during CPAC, um, I, I believe actually it was after CPAC, she floated a conspiracy theory. She floated a conspiracy theory about uh, CPAC and how they apparently stand for Nazism. This is how deranged this woman is. I don't know how anyone takes her seriously. I really don't. Let me read a little bit from the Daily Wire. Actress Alyssa Milano has accused conservative organizers of the 2021 Conservative Political Action Conference of intentionally setting up the stage to reflect Nazi symbolism. Do you really hate 
conservatives that much? That when you look at the stage they're standing on, your mind creates an image of a symbol associated with Nazism? Are you that stupid? Are you that full of anger and hatred? The left-wing activists also targeted... Not, listen to this. She also targeted uh, the hotel chain Hyatt uh, for hosting the conservative event and called conservatives in attendance Nazis. She took to Twitter and wrote, This is the stage at CPAC. She posted a picture. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. Ted Cruz, you stood on this stage. Now, the the picture that she posted on Twitter was a side-by-side image of a symbol that, I guess, the Nazis used, that the Nazis had on their uniforms. It wasn't the Nazi symbol. It was something associated with the Nazis. And it vaguely resembles the stage that was set up at CPAC. And so Alyssa Milano takes that and says, See that? Republicans are Nazis. Conservatives are Nazis. And what's worse is that a few liberals on social media jumped in on, the, on this nonsense. Saying that, uh, you know, curious if the hotel, Morgan Freeman jumps on Twitter, curious if the hotel is okay with Nazi symbols being used on their properties like this. Other liberals jumped in, all floating this conspiracy theory that somehow conservatives intentionally created the stage to resemble a Nazi symbol, a symbol associated with the Nazis. I encourage you to look at the pictures. It, 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 would, uh, it would be easier to understand if you actually saw what I'm talking about rather than just heard what I'm talking about, but... The Daily Wire did a piece on this if you want to go there. Um, check it out. But l- l- let me ask you this, folks. if Even if we accepted Alyssa Milano's premise, right, that the organizers of CPAC were somehow Nazis, why in the hell would they choose to, 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 to make their stage into one of the symbols. Isn't that something that you would try to keep discreet? Isn't that something that you would try to hide? But this point is moot anyway because the charge is utterly ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. The leader of CPAC, Matt Schlapp, called the suggestions from Milano and others outrageous and slanderous. They are. He said, we have a long-standing commitment with the Jewish community. Cancel culture extremists must address anti-Semitism within their own ranks. He added, CPAC proudly stands with our Jewish allies, including those speaking from this stage. Now, you know, what's ironic about liberals like Alyssa Milano calling conservatives Nazis is that they're, they themselves aren't the biggest supporters of Israel, folks. Maybe they should learn actually how to stand up for Israel and our Jewish allies before they go calling people Nazis. How about that? All right, so we took care of that. We had to address Alyssa Milano, but now let's address another idiot, or another group of idiots, I should say, Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg. Now, let me just say, I don't know how The View is still being broadcast on on television, I don't know who supports that show. I don't know who watches that show. I don't know why advertisers would choose to advertise on this show. I don't get it. I mean, I've never heard of, it, uh, of, of anybody saying, oh my gosh, it's almost, it's almost time. The view's almost on. I got to grab my popcorn. Can't miss an episode. I mean, do, pe- do people actually make the view a part of your daily routine? Do you have nothing else going on? That you want to sit down on your couch and watch a bunch of liberals squawking for however long they're on the air? What is it, an hour? Too long for me. Hell, I couldn't last 30 seconds watching these people. But anyway, of course, 
yesterday on The View, Joy Behar had to attack CPAC. Had to attack CPAC. The people that attended attacked uh, President Trump. They couldn't help themselves. They couldn't help themselves. Let me play this audio. It, it's really bizarre, folks. And the, the the obsession that these people have with Donald Trump and conservatives like him is is blatantly obvious and quite sad, if you ask me. It, it really is. And yes, they, they are obsessed. They are obsessed. Listen to what they had to say. Joy, you know who hinted at you, that he might be running again in 2024. I can see now. You now just... listen how listen to how Whoopi Goldberg addresses the former president. You know who? She won't even say his name. Are you kidding me? Oh, Joy, you know who might be running again in 2024. Let's start that clip over. Joy, you know who hinted at you that he might be running again in 2024. I can see you just thrill with that news what was your response <laughs> well first of all i never i didn't watch cpac so i have some questions was there a laugh track this year because it's really the funniest <laughs> show on television and i thought cpac is perfect because c stands for cult you know i've never seen people now let me let me stop you know that you know that that joke quote unquote c uh, stands for cult she probably thought of that joke quote unquote before CPAC even started, she had she probably had that thing that that comment in her back pocket weeks before CPAC even even commenced. Yeah, yeah, you know C stands for cult. Good job, Joy. You know that C is for cult. What have you been watching Sesame Street lately? You dip. Keep listening. Working so hard to worship the God that is the uh, Donald Trump. Um, I don't think that he will run again in 2024 unless he does it from Rikers Island. I mean, it's interesting. See, that, that's another one. Another little shot at Trump. These people are terrified. That's what it comes down to. And you'll notice I'm going to keep playing the clip at the expense of all of our ears. Mine, I think, are bleeding right now. But um, she she starts talking faster and faster and really gets a little worked up. And th- this is because, folks, they're terrified. They're terrified of this man, and they're terrified of the thought of him running again in 2024. Let's keep listening. What happened um, in, the, in the world this week, um, Nicolas Sarkozy, who used to be the president of France, has just been convicted and now has a, he's under house arrest for a year. Um, Berlusconi, who was the president of Italy for a while, he also uh, was arrested, convicted, and put on house arrest. So there's a precedent set in the world. It's not like, oh, we can't imagine a former president under arrest. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And uh, Cyrus Vance has got some plans for him, and Letitia James has some plans for him. Uh, But I didn't really have to watch CPAC because I know what they do. Don't wear a mask. By the way, don't wear a mask because it doesn't work. Have you noticed, Whoopi, that there's very little flu this year why is that because people were wearing yeah. masks that's why what is, they'll what say is that she science is a lie about? they attack what is she talking about she's jumping around from charging the president of the united states to wearing masks can she focus for two seconds i i mean i can't even follow her her mind is so scatterbrained she's so damn incoherent Keep listening. Fauci, uh, Trump won the election and other lies. And also one more thing on the cancel yes, culture. Yes, yes. One more the thing. The people who are getting canceled are Republicans by other Republicans. You know, Liz Cheney was canceled by the Josh Hawley wing and uh, Adam Kinzinger is no, being No, no, no. Can- Republicans aren't being canceled by other Republicans. Republicans are being canceled by liberal tech giants by uh, these giant liberal corporations who are so sensitive and so fragile that they can't stand the thought of conservatives expressing their views freely and openly. That's the truth, Joy. I don't know what you're talking about, about Republicans being canceled by other Republicans. This is such a, a, a bizarre argument. Um, 
I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to follow you. It, it really, truly is. Keep listening. Canceled. So they're canceling each other. You say they're eating each other now. Right. It's fascinating to watch. Right. They're and eating each I other. One turtle story. I once saw a thing about how when <laughs> turtles are in one of their. So now we're on. Now we're talking about turtles. We've gone from charging the president to. Well, first we went from CPAC to charging the president with. I, I don't know what crimes that he didn't commit. To wearing masks, and now she's talking about turtles. <laughs> did, did, do some people really find this entertaining? Do some people really enjoy this? Because I can't, I can't follow along. I don't know what the hell she's saying. But let, let's listen to her finish up talking about turtles. Their aquariums, wait, and they start to run out of food. Or some people go on vacation and forget right. that they have turtles there. The turtles start to eat each right. other. And that is what is happening in the Republican mm. Party. It's turtles eating each other wow. up. So. Mm. Wow, that's that's a visual I really don't think I needed this morning. But okay. Okay is right. So what do we think Joy Behar is on, ladies and gentlemen? Some kind of, uh, some kind of mushroom? I- I'm just saying. I mean, she sounded very uh, scatterbrained. I, I guess that's the best term for it. She sounded just nonsensical. Talking about turtles eating each other, and that's the Republicans? Folks, here's what it boils down to. <laughs> Here, here's, what, here's what it boils down to. Yes, people like Joy, Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg are scared of Donald Trump. But even more than that, they're scared of the fact that Donald Trump has the ability to unite conservatives around a cause. I mean, you think about it, there, there's there been other great, uh, passionate conservatives out there. Ted Cruz comes to mind. Um, s- several others. Um, great conservative warriors. Mike Lee. Um, but none like Donald Trump, none have really had the ability to unite people, to rally people, to inspire people like President Trump. And that's what they're so scared of. Yes, they're scared of the man himself, Donald Trump, but they're scared of what he can do. They're scared of his potential. And so she says, you know, Republicans are eating each other. I, I think that's that couldn't be further from the truth. I think Republicans are fired up. I think Republicans right now are united. Yeah, there's a few outliers. And we'll deal with them as they come. But as a whole, I think that this party right now is a party that subscribes to conservative Trumpism that's united around a specific cause and that's willing, finally, to take the fight to the left. And it's because of Donald Trump. Donald Trump did that. And so that that's what they're scared of, folks. That's what they're scared of. You know what? Even if Trump doesn't decide to run in 2024, the fact that this man is still going to be active in the political scene, the fact that this man is going to be helping conservatives get elected to office, that's incredible in and of itself. It really is. It's going to be an interesting four years, folks, but you know what? As bad as it is, I feel myself being... Incredibly optimistic. Incredibly optimistic about the future of the Republican Party. I think we're I think we're heading in the right direction. I really do. Alright, folks. That's it for episode one here. I'll be back every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, meaning I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. God bless. God save this great nation. I'm Jason Veeley.